The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. It is a beautiful Lord's Day, and we're so glad that you're here. Lots of great things going on at this congregation. We're so thankful for your generosity, especially last week and giving to Hands of Hope. And beginning this Friday, um, there will be kids who will receive uh, sacks, sack lunches and, and sacks full of food that will cover them throughout the, the weekend. So we're very appreciative of you helping us with that. Um, many of our, you know, we talked about the new format on Wednesday night, a lot of our our youth will be helping prepare those sacks on Wednesday night. That's part of the service project they'll be uh, involved with. So we're thankful for, for all those things. And thankful for Ron for reading that passage. And that's a story that we're familiar with, but it's just part of the story. And I had him stop there for a reason because when we read that story, that's where we often stop. We stop with that verse. But the story continues on, and I want to pick that up in verse 25 this morning. So if you do have your Bible, I might not hear any pages because a lot of us have our Bibles on phones nowadays. But if you have your Bible on phone or, or uh, in front of you in paper, or you can just look on the screen. Let's begin in verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and he refused to go in. And so his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Uh, Stories of brothers show up throughout Scripture. You know, right after the Bible begins with the story of Adam and Eve, we get the story of Cain and Abel. We then move on to Isaac and Ishmael. And one of the most famous stories involving brothers within the Bible is that of Jacob and Esau. The story of Joseph starts with his brothers who are jealous of him. And who sell him into slavery. And after many, many years, those brothers come back into the story later in his life when Joseph is in Egypt. Moses and Aaron are brothers who work together. David's brothers make an appearance early on when David is just a boy. And on and on it goes. And so it's no surprise that when we get to the New Testament, we also discover that there are stories about brothers. Two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, they're brothers. Jesus tells stories about brothers. And in fact, the most famous story that Jesus ever told was the one that we read this morning. 
And it's a story not just of a father and a son, but it's a story of two brothers. Of course, we often forget about this. You know, we're we're really familiar with this story. We know it. But we think more about the father and the son than we do the relationship between those two brothers. We don't even mention the other brother in the title. We call it the, the prodigal son. And so in this story, one brother is everything that we would want to be. He is loyal to his father. He does what is right. He is a faithful son. He he does whatever his father asks him. He obeys his commands. He does not dabble in sinful practices. He takes care of the family farm. He goes to bed early. He does not go out carousing at night. He's a good man. And yet we pay little attention to him. We tend to focus on the other brother who lives a sinful lifestyle. And he is disrespectful to his father. He he is wasteful with his inheritance. He is unwise in the decisions he makes. He hangs around with the wrong type of people. He is everything that we do not want to be. And the reason that we focus on the younger brother, I think, uh, is because this is a story about forgiveness. And the father in this story represents God. And when this younger son goes out and blows his father's money, living a sinful lifestyle, uh, he eventually falls on hard times. He runs out of money. Uh, He no longer has any friends. They were just with him while he had the money. And he has nowhere to turn. And so he goes back home thinking that his father might hire him as a worker. And as he's traveling back, the the, the father sees his son. And the father runs to him and he embraces him and he puts his robe on him and he puts his ring on him. And he throws a party for this lost son who has now returned home. And we like this story. We like it just like that because... It gives us a glimpse of the God that we serve. God is loving. He's welcoming. He's forgiving. He loves us just like a parent loves a child. And God is willing to forgive us whenever we turn from our sins and we turn to him. There's another reason why I think we like this story is because it has a happy ending. And so what was lost is now found. And there's a great big party at the end, and everyone rejoices. Well, almost everyone. And when we look at this story, and all we see is the younger brother and the father, we're missing out on something. This is a challenging story, and it was meant to be challenging. In order to grasp what Jesus was getting at here, it's important to know something about the audience and whom he was speaking to. And so chapter 15 is a complete unit. That doesn't always happen in Scripture, but but everything in chapter 15 goes together. And Jesus tells three stories in this famous chapter, and all three stories are about something being lost and then found. And the first three verses of the chapter are extremely important. They identify the people to whom Jesus was speaking 
And it tells us the reason why he's telling these stories. Okay, so we can't skip over this. This is a, extremely important to the context of the stories. We read there, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, and the next and the next. So there are two specific groups in the crowd. And these are two very different groups. On one hand, you have tax collectors and sinners. And these were people that a good Jew would not associate with. They were seen as unclean. You know, they had made some mistakes along the way. They had messed up. They were living a life of sin. They were not faithful. You didn't want to be in this group. On the other hand, you have these scribes and Pharisees. And these are individuals who were very purposeful in following the commands of God. You know, they, they never missed a worship service. They knew their Bible well. They were faithful followers of God. And they did not want to risk getting too close to a sinner. They wanted to shun the very appearance of evil. They didn't want anyone to get the wrong impression. These were good, moral people. Now, all three stories that Jesus tells are important. But the third story, the one that we've read this morning, it really cuts to the heart. And anyone in the crowd on that day would have known the point that Jesus was making. Because you see, each part of this story was directed toward part of the crowd. The younger son, who was disrespectful to his father and lived a sinful lifestyle before coming home, this was directed towards the tax collectors and sinners. This was their story. This was where they were at in their life. This was someone that they could identify with. Now, the older son, who is faithful and loyal to his father, and upset with his younger brother, who has been wasteful, and sinful, this is directed towards the scribes and the Pharisees. This was where they were at. This was their story. The story of the younger brother is a story of forgiveness. But what about the older brother? What's his story all about? Well, it's also about forgiveness. But instead of being forgiven, he must forgive. And this is a difficult lesson. And it's one that we often struggle with, if we're honest. Think about a time in your life when you found it hard to forgive. Maybe someone hurt you deeply. Maybe the other person made it hard for you to give. They, they were rude or they were unkind to you and you just didn't think they deserved forgiveness. Maybe just in general, you find it hard to forgive. How did not forgiving the other person affect your relationship with them? What kind of impact has this had on your life? What kind of impact has it had on the people around you? 
The older brother's unwillingness to forgive had the potential of changing the entire course of his life. It could send him in a completely different direction than the one he was on. It affected his relationship with his father. It affected his relationship with his brother. And think about all the implications this could have on his life and the life of others. If he continued down this road, how often does one selfish decision lead to uh, family or friends never speaking to each other again? How often does one little disagreement destroy a relationship? And this is where this story is heading if something does not change. Another question we could ask is this. Why is it that this older brother refuses to forgive? You know, what, what causes this refusal to forgive and, and allows this to just sort of fester in his heart? Well, let's look at the passage again, verses 28 through 30. We're told here that he was angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I've never never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Why does the older brother refuse to forgive? It's jealousy. Something good has happened to his brother, but instead of being happy for him, the older brother is filled with anger. And he allows this jealousy and anger to, to grow within him, and he refuses to forgive. How often does something like this happen in your life? You know, we do not plan on these kinds of things happening. They just kind of do. You know, you get passed over for a promotion. You go to a, a family get-together, and you have to listen to all the good things that are happening in someone else's life. A friend gets a new house, and it's just like the one you wanted. You learn about a, a co-worker who, who got a raise, and you did not receive one. We face situations like these all the time. And we must decide ahead of time how we're going to respond. Will we turn inward and, and just kind of sulk and, and feel sorry for ourselves? Will we become jealous? Will we be full of anger? Will we dwell on what we do not have? Or... Will we focus on the other and, and celebrate what they have received? Will we choose jealousy or celebration? Will we choose to be happy or angry? We make those choices. And this is important because the choice that we make in these situations will greatly impact our life. 
It will determine whether we are a bitter person or a joyful person. It will influence whether or not we are a person that others like to be around, like to spend time with. It will affect the outcome of some of our relationships. But most importantly, it is a decision that will show others whether or not we are living a Christ-like life. Is this person like Jesus or not? And what is dangerous about this story is that the father represents God. And the older brother represents part of the crowd and maybe some of, some of us. And, and God forgives, but these other people do not. And we learn that these individuals who claim to be faithful followers of God, who do everything right, they're not acting like God. Now, Jesus told this story so people could see themselves in it. He wanted people to identify with what he was saying. And we should likewise be able to identify with something in this story. It may be different for, for each of us. You know, some of us may be, be able to identify with that younger brother. Some of us the older brother. But we should see something in this story that we identify with. And this story should cause us to reflect on our own life. It should cause us to think about our actions and, and our emotions. And our lives are supposed to line up with God's will as best as they can. People are supposed to be able to see God living in us. We're being molded into the image of Jesus. And yet, here's a story that reminds us that sometimes we miss the mark. We don't get it. And God is doing one thing, and we're off doing another. Is it possible that there have been times in our life when God has forgiven people around us? And we have refused to forgive? Is it possible that, that we at some point have been bitter towards someone who God has shown mercy to? You know, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they had a point. They had spent a lot of time laboring and working for the Lord. And here comes Jesus embracing sinners and tax collectors. And from their vantage point, this did not seem fair. And this was the very complaint of the older brother. He had faithfully served his father for many years, and he had never received a party. It was not fair. And the truth is, they were right. It was not fair. It was grace. The sinners, tax collectors, and younger brother all received what they did not deserve. Being a child of God is not about making sure the scales of justice are perfectly balanced. It's not about keeping a constant tally. It's about God's love for us. It's about Jesus going to the cross so that we might have forgiveness for all the many times that we do not do what is right. It's about God's mercy and His grace. 
A major reason we probably focus on the younger brother more than the older is that the older brother, um, this story here does not have an ending. It's left open. We're never told what happens to the older brother. Does he come to his senses? Does he forgive his brother? Does he go in and join the party? Or does he stay outside and remain angry and bitter? Is this the last time that he ever speaks to his father? We don't know. And we don't like stories like this. We like to know what happens. We like a nice ending, preferably a happy one. So why would Jesus tell a story like this? Why would he leave the ending open to interpretation? It's because he wanted each of the scribes and Pharisees to finish the story themselves. They were faithful in many things, but they had to choose whether or not they would have a heart like God's. As we come to this story once again 2,000 years later, Jesus asked the very same thing of us. Each of us has to finish this story. Will we refuse forgiveness? Will we choose the path of bitterness? Or will we choose grace? Will we show people Jesus by the way we live our lives? Will we celebrate people's victories and their accomplishments, even if it's something that, that we might have wanted ourselves? Will we openly embrace our brother who is wasteful and sinful? has returned home will we be like the father who is full of grace and has a heart ready to love you know I cannot answer those questions for you the, the elders of this congregation cannot answer those questions for you your family members and friends cannot answer those questions for you only you can answer them only you can finish the story. So what will it be? Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for challenging stories like the one that we've read this morning. Ones that cause us to contemplate and reflect on our lives. Ones that hopefully spur us on to be better Christians to walk in the path of your love and mercy and grace and to allow other people in this world to see you and us. We're so thankful for what this story teaches us, especially how you love us and how you forgive us even though we falter. Father, be with us as we go back into the world this week and we strive to, to put these principles in practice and, and be a loving, caring, forgiving Christian to the people around us. 
in the hopes that they might come to know you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.